Welcome listeners, but take heed. We will say whatever we need to share our knowledge, thoughts, and joy, and even things that do annoy. So join us now, but be aware, we have a tendency to swear. We'll dial it back a little bit, but frankly, we don't give a shit. Welcome to Just Keep Rolling, a Harry Potter book movie compare and contrast podcast. I'm Ellen, and I'm currently recording this intro in Mexico. So if it sounds kind of weird, it's because Michael Jackson's playing outside. I'm Katie, and I'm currently recording this intro in Ohio. You're, like, always in Ohio. That's not exciting. Yeah, you're right, it's not. Let's just keep rolling into the rolling rehash. Last week, we covered the first half of Chapter 22, the unexpected task, and the corresponding film scenes. Parvati and Padma attempting to twin tandem talk isn't as impressive as Fred and George. Hermione seems more shocked by Trash Rita's bullshit articles than she should be. Colin and his brother Dennis fuse together to create the most unnecessary original character since Bem. Somehow, everyone but Ron knew that they needed dress robes this year. McGonagall is the only character to get a pass for added movie dialogue. And Book Harry gets a lot less shade from the ladies of the school than movie Harry. We blame the horrendously horrid Harry Harry hair. We do. (laughs) During episode 89, always alliteration, absolutely, our Potter pondering was, what are your thoughts on the addition of Nigel? Carly said she always thought he was supposed to be Dennis Creevy, but they changed his name. She said, damn, I miss Colin. I liked it. He was cute and sweet. I just wish they had kept the Creevy brothers. Juliana said it should have been Colin or Dennis Creevy. There was no reason to create a new character who acts just like the one already in the books. Diana said she just rewatched the movie the other day and Nigel was a dumb addition. She agrees with Juliana that it should have been Dennis or Colin, especially since the kid looks just like a Creevy. This movie is awful. Kylie said she doesn't think it would make sense for Nigel to be Colin because he was friends with Colin. Maybe jumping ahead because he was involved in the DA in the next year. She thought it would be strange if he asked Harry for an autograph. She doesn't know. It's such a small part for the movie. What, like five seconds? She doesn't care. Robert said at first glance the change seems unorthodox and he was confused. But he liked Nigel. When he did research, it made sense. The filmmakers made the decision to switch to a different actor because Hugh Mitchell had aged and didn't fit the look of Colin anymore. Same as why they didn't bring back Christian Coulson as Tom Riddle from Chamber of Secrets into Half-Blood Prince. So they made the character Nigel. Quincy just shared a meme that said, who? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Dave said they left out all the boring characters from the book, like Peeves and Ed Sheeran. So obviously they had to invent new good characters in the movies to make them more entertaining. And he added on a smiley face just to show he's shit-stirring. He seems to be doing that a lot. Yeah, he has been poking the bear. Mm Mm-hmm. Mike said, first, why? Second, why? Third, why? It seems like they take all kinds of liberties with the original content for no good reason. It doesn't forward the plot or streamline the movie in any way. 
It is just different for different sake. And as someone who really loves the books and wants to watch the movies as a visual retelling of the books, all he can say is, Stop fucking with it, you stupid directors! It is already perfect! Just put it on screen as true to the book as possible and then fuck off! Well, that got dramatic. Right? Mike just took over Quincy's rant. Mm-hmm. Sarah said, hashtag Team Colin and Dennis. Mm, agreed. Max said, hands off the Nige. He's a cutie, and he's the top fan in Gryffindor at any moment. He thinks they introduced him because they wanted Harry to have more support and still be famous, etc. But Nigel is brilliant on his own. He don't need Harry. So call him fucking Dennis. Right? Ugh, I just don't get it. Amanda said the Creepy Brothers would have been way more entertaining and interesting to watch than Nigel. Nigel isn't even a name mentioned in the books, let alone one worthy of screen time. Newell! Hmm. Michaela said she would have loved to see more of Colin Creepy. Nigel was an okay addition in the film, but was it necessary, though? We think not. We think not indeed. Elise also supposes he was an unnecessary replacement for Dennis Creepy. Again, they could have just called him Dennis then. They could have. Would have been so easy. I'm just still not understanding this. Right. Anyway. Our trivia question last week was, What does Harry forget to add to his potion, which earns him bottom marks? He forgets to add the bazaar. But he doesn't really care, because he's too busy thinking about asking Cho to the Yule Ball. Cho Ching! <laughs> Congratulations goes to Mike Riley. Woohoo! He's now breaking his own records, making the new streak 10 weeks straight. Will anyone be able to beat him? We shall see. For now, let's just keep rolling into the second half of Chapter 22 The Unexpected Task and the corresponding film scenes. Chapter 22 The Unexpected Task Part 2 Despite the embarrassing prospect of opening the ball, Harry has to admit that life has gotten better since the first task, since people aren't being as unpleasant towards him. There are fewer support Cedric Diggory badges, and even though Draco still quotes the Skeeter article at him, he's getting fewer laughs about it. On top of that, the reporter didn't seem to have written an article about Hagrid, who said she didn't even seem interested in magical creatures. She just wanted him to talk about Harry, and didn't seem happy when Hagrid only had nice things to say. Harry and Ron figure that she wants a new angle, since writing that he's a tragic hero is going to get boring, so he was supposed to say that Harry is a mad delinquent. Harry says that Skeeter should have interviewed Snape, quoting his potions master, saying, Potter has been crossing lines ever since he first arrived at this school. Ron and Hermione laugh as Hagrid points out that Harry might have bent a few rules, but he's really alright. Ron changes the subject to ask Hagrid if he's going to the ball, and he says he figures he will and wonders who Harry is taking. Harry turns red and says no one yet, so Hagrid drops the subject. People become increasingly excited during the last week of the term, with rumors about the Yule Ball flying everywhere. Harry is pretty sure that Dumbledore did not buy 800 barrels of mold mead from Madame Rosmerda, but it seems to be true that he booked a very famous musical group called the Weird Sisters. Several teachers give up teaching and let them play games instead, 
though their ghost professor, Bins, drones on and on, somehow managing to make bloody and vicious goblin riots boring. Professors McGonagall, Snape, and Moody also keep them working to the last second of their classes, with Snape even giving them a test about poison antidotes on the last lesson of the term. Ron complains about this, even though he isn't putting in any extra energy into studying for it, a fact that Hermione gives him a hard time about. When Harry points out that it's Christmas, she turns towards him and tells him that if he doesn't want to learn antidotes, he really should be trying to figure out the egg. Harry insists that he has until February 24th, and when Hermione tries to argue that it could take a while to figure out, Ron tells her that he's earned a bit of a break. They are interrupted by Fred and George, who show up to ask if they can borrow Pigwidgeon. Ron explains that he's off delivering a letter and wonders why they need him. Fred sarcastically says that George wants to invite him to the ball, and George explains that they want to send a letter. Ron asks who they keep writing to, and Fred tells him to nose out, changing the subject to ask if they have dates to the ball yet. Ron says nope, and Fred tells him to hurry up or all the good ones will be gone. Ron asks who he's going with then, and Fred promptly says Angelina, though he hasn't asked her yet. When Ron asks if he has, he says good point and calls across the common room to ask her. She agrees, and Fred turns back to Harry and Ron to say it was a piece of cake. The twins decide to use a school owl and head out. Ron looks at Harry and says they should get a move on so they don't end up with a pair of trolls. This offends Hermione, who figures that they just want to take the best-looking girl they can, even if she's horrible, which Ron confirms. Hermione snaps that she's going to bed and leaves without another word. In an effort to impress their visitors from the foreign schools, the Hogwarts staff is going above and beyond with Christmas decorations, with everything from luminous hollyberries, hooting golden owls, and suits of armor bewitched to sing Christmas carols, though Peeves does take to hiding inside the armor and making up his own very rude Christmas carols. Harry still hasn't asked Cho to the ball, and Ron decides that they just need to grit their teeth and do it. The boys agree to make sure they both have partners by the time they get back to the common room. Harry sees Cho several times throughout the day, but she's always with about four or five girls. He has a difficult time concentrating on Snape's potions test and forgets to add a bezoar, likely receiving bottom marks, but he doesn't even care. When the bell rings, he grabs his bag and finds Cho emerging from Defense Against the Dark Arts. He asks for a word with her, and she follows him away from her friends as they all giggle. Once out of earshot, he manages to say, Wanna go ball with me? Cho says sorry, and Harry goes red as he repeats his question more clearly. Cho also goes red as she explains that she already said she'd go with someone and apologize. Before he can stop himself, he asks her who it is, and she tells him that she's going with Cedric Diggory. Harry heads back to the Gryffindor Tower, feeling like his insides are filled with lead, and deciding that Cedric is a useless pretty boy who doesn't have enough brains to fill an egg cup. He makes it back to the common room to find an ashen-faced Ron who is mortified about asking Fleur Delacour to the ball with a bunch of witnesses. He is being comforted by Ginny, who is trying not to smile as he explains that he walked past her in the entrance hall while she was talking to Diggory and just randomly asked her. She looked at him like he was a sea slug and didn't even respond, so he just ran off. Harry tells him that she is part Vila, so it wasn't his fault. 
She was probably putting on the charm for Diggory and Ron got a blast of it. But Fleur was wasting her time since he is already going with Cho Chang. Harry explains that he just now asked her and found out. Ginny stops smiling and Ron complains about how they are the only ones who haven't got anyone, aside from Neville, who asked Hermione. Harry is shocked by this news, and Ron continues on to explain that Hermione said she was already going with someone, though he doesn't believe that and thinks she just didn't want to go with Neville because who would? Ginny tells him to stop laughing, and at this moment Hermione climbs through the portrait hole wondering why they aren't at dinner. They won't stop laughing, so Ginny shuts them up by announcing that they both just got turned down by the girls they asked to go to the ball. Hermione gives them a hard time about all the good ones being taken, but Ron is too busy staring at Hermione in a whole new way. He tells her that Neville is right, she is a girl, and she can go with one of them. Hermione reiterates that she's already going with someone, and Ron tells her that she's not. She just said that to get rid of Neville. Hermione icily tells him that just because it's taken him three years to notice doesn't mean that no one else hasn't spotted that she's a girl. Ron acknowledges that she's a girl and again asks her to go with one of them. She repeats that she's going with someone else and storms off to the girls' dormitories. Ron insists that she's lying, but Ginny sets him straight, though she won't tell them who Hermione is going with. Ron then tells Ginny that she can go with Harry, but she turns red and explains that she can't, because Neville asked her to go with him after Hermione said no, and she agreed since she won't be able to go otherwise. She leaves for dinner and Ron is completely boggled. He asks Harry what's gotten into them, but Harry is watching as Parvati and Lavender come in through the portrait hole and decides to ask Parvati to go to the ball with him. She giggles, but agrees, and Harry then asks Lavender if she would go with Ron, but she's already going with Seamus. Harry quietly asks if Parvati knows anyone that would go with Ron, and she suggests Hermione, shocked to learn that she already has a date wondering who. Harry says he has no idea and asks about Ron again. Parvati thinks her sister Padma in Ravenclaw might and says she will ask her. Harry says that would be great and heads back to Ron, feeling the ball is a lot more trouble than it's worth. The movie section starts on Harry and Ron walking through the courtyard. Fleur and a larger group of Bobaton girls strut by and the scene shifts to Hagrid walking through a dark corridor talking with Madame Maxime. He is telling her about how he takes after his mom, though he didn't know her very well because she left when he was about three. He mentions that it broke his dad's heart and talks about how he was a tiny little feller, saying that at the age of six he could pick him up with one hand and put him on the dresser. He and Madame Maxime laugh and turn to face each other. As their laughter breaks off, she reaches into Hagrid's beard and plucks something out of it that she eats. They look at each other for a moment and then Hagrid starts walking and talking again this time about how his father died and he had to make his own way. He ends his story and asks to know about Madame Maxime, and the scene changes again to show Harry, Ron, and Hermione sitting on a rock in front of the lake as Victor Crumb exercises by, followed by a large group of giggling girls. He slows down just enough to give Hermione a look and continues moving past as Hermione clears her throat and turns a page in her book before looking back after him as the giggling girls all shuffle past. With another scene shift, the trio are in the Great Hall for what appears to be Study Hall, and Ron is whispering about how they are going to end up being the only ones without dates. He laughs and says, well, us and Neville, and Harry jokes back that Neville can take himself. 
Hermione leans over to tell them that Neville's already got someone, and this makes Ron really depressed. One of the twins tosses a note to Ron, telling him that he better get a move on or all the good ones will be taken, and Ron asks who he is going with. In response, he throws a paper wad at Angelina and mimes asking her to the ball. She agrees and he winks at Ron, who then leans towards Hermione and points out that she is a girl. Hermione sarcastically says, well spotted, and Ron starts to mime asking her to the dance when Professor Snape comes up behind them and hits them on the head with a book, as well as Harry, just for good measure. As Snape walks away, Ron whispers a comment about how sad it is for a girl to go alone, and Hermione lets him know that she won't be going alone because someone has asked her. She then storms off, hands her composition notebook to Snape, and hisses that she said yes as she grabs the rest of her belongings and leaves the Great Hall. Ron thinks she is lying, and Harry says, If you say so, and Ron decides that they just need to grit their teeth and do it. As he plans for them to have dates by the time they get back to the common room that night, Snape pulls up his sleeves a bit and again comes up behind them. Harry agrees with Ron, and then Snape pushes them both in the back of the head, causing them to grunt in pain and surprise. The scene cuts to Harry walking through the snow-covered grounds and up to the Owlery, where he runs right into Cho Chang, who is on her way out. They dance back and forth a bit, trying to get around one another, before Cho finally grabs him by the shoulders and steers him to the side. She warns him that the stairs are icy at the top, and Harry starts to walk away before turning back and calling after her, unintelligibly asking if she wanted to go to the ball with him. Cho looks genuinely disappointed as she explains that someone has already asked her, and she said she would go with them. Harry accepts this, nodding, and starts to walk off, but she calls after him and he hurries back, for her to tell him that she really is sorry, before turning to walk away. The movie then cuts to a dejected Harry lying on a couch in the common room, holding the golden egg. He sighs and then Ron walks in, looking ill. Ginny and another girl are leading him into the room, followed by several other girls. Ginny is telling him that it will be okay and it doesn't matter, and Harry asks what happened. They get him in a chair and Ginny explains that he just asked out Florida liqueur. Harry asks what she said, and Hermione says that she said no, of course. A dazed Ron shakes his head, making Hermione think that Fleur said yes. But Ron tells her not to be silly, and says that there she was, walking by. You know how he likes it when they walk. And it just sort of slipped out. Ginny explains that he actually sort of screamed at her, saying it was a bit frightening, and Harry asks what he did then. Ron tells him that he ran for it, and as he continues to talk about what he did, Parvati and Padma enter the common room together and again say hi to Harry as they walk past him. This gives Harry an idea, and he follows after them, saying, Hey! There is an unbelievable amount of corresponding film scenes for this section. I would also say it was unbelievable just how different they all are, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We are picking this part of the movie as Harry and Ron are finishing their devastating walk through the courtyard, where the girls treat them like cockroaches rather than potential dates. It then immediately cuts to a scene that sort of happens later, with Hagrid walking through a dark corridor, having a heart-to-heart -heart with Madame Maxime. We will talk more about this when we get to that part of the book, but it is actually set up quite a bit differently. Yeah. In the movie, he tells her about his mom and how he takes after her, but says that he didn't know her very well since she wasn't really the maternal type and took off when he was about three. 
He then shifts the convo to his dad, who was heartbroken when she left, but mentions that he was just a little guy, and when Hagrid was six, he could pick his dad up with one hand and put him on the dresser. <laughs> that sounds so cute and funny. Right. <laughs> he and Madame Maxime laugh heartily and turn to face one another. Maxime finds a beard snack that Hagrid was probably saving for later, and with an incredibly uncomfortable amount of eye contact, she eats it and licks her fingers. I always felt like it was a fucking insect or something. That that's, scene was so uncomfortable. That's kind of what I thought it was, too. I thought it was like a bug. Like, she just full-on monkeyed him. Yeah. She just picked a nit. And ate it. She's a nit picker. And an eater. <laughs> it's pretty gross. Cue some more uncomfortable eye contact, and Hagrid then becomes the king of segways and tells her that his father died just when he started school, so he had to make his own way. Cheery conversation. Yeah. Thanks for eating my beard snack. My dad's dead. Like, I'm going to make you cry now. <laughs> and I felt like Maxine was a little bit awkward in this scene, too. Like, aside from eating out of his beard, right. she was just like, oh. And she never said anything except for that weird, like, laugh. R yeah. She gives, like, that weird laugh. She eats out of his beard, and then she's just sad. Yeah. Well, she kind of leans towards him in, during that pause. Like she's going to kiss him or like something? She, yeah, yeah. I thought that's what she was going to do. And then he was like, my, my dad, dad died. died. <laughs> exactly. So I just assumed that's where she was going with it. But then he took it in a totally opposite direction. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not what happened in the book and mm -hmm. not the proper attitude. No. But we're going to talk more about that later. Yeah, we'll be getting there. He ends his story and asks what Maxime's deal is. And the scene changes again to show the trio sitting on a rock by the lake as Victor Crumb gets his cardio in, followed by a giggle of girls. Because, <laughs> you know, that doesn't make them seem desperate at all in any way. Oh, not even the slightest. Not even Or kinda. all of the slightest. Every last slightest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He slows down briefly to give Hermione a silent, How you doing? <laughs> Before continuing on his way with the girls right at his heels. Hermione clears her throat somewhat awkwardly and turns a page in her book before looking back after him. Because despite being annoyed by his entourage, she does love to watch him walk away. Um, did you see him? Mm. Have you seen him now? Yeah. This is the reference that we talked about before of Crumb's gaggle of gawking, giggling, groupie girls that did not take place in the library like it did in the book. Not at all. What's a library? What? It's where you keep dragons, right? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> In the book, instead of including dance lessons or the conversation with Hagrid and Madame Maxime, in addition to the struggle to find a date, the chapter focused on how things were going for Harry. Overall, Harry has to admit that despite the likely embarrassing opening dance, life has improved since completing the first task. He suspects that Cedric has told the Hufflepuffs to leave him alone. There are fewer support Cedric Diggory badges. And even Malfoy quoting Rita Skeeter's article to him isn't getting many laughs anymore. Well, it wasn't funny to begin with, so... It really wasn't. There's that. Harry, Ron, and Hermione ask Hagrid how his interview went with the Daily Prophet reporter, and he tells them that she didn't want to talk about magical creatures at all. Oh, Sadness. She just seemed to want him to say bad things about Harry. What? Harry said that writing about him being a tragic hero will get boring. And Ron says she wants a new angle and Hagrid should have said that Harry is a mad delinquent. <laughs> I mean, isn't he, though? Look at that hair. 
(laughs) clearly (laughs) what that hair says. Mm -hmm. Harry says she should have interviewed Snape, saying that he would give up the goods on him any day, and quotes the potions master saying, Potter has been crossing lines ever since he first arrived at this school. (laughs) Hagrid defends him, saying he may have bent a few rules, but he's really all right. I mean... I love that Harry's just like, cheers. Yeah. (laughs) Ron asks Hagrid if he's going to the ball on Christmas Day, and Hagrid says he thought he might and asks Harry who he's taking. When Harry says no one yet and turns red, Hagrid leaves off the topic. So you gotta love that he knows when to stop. Yeah. (laughs) That's one really awesome thing about Hagrid. There's so many awesome things about Hagrid. Just one of them. (laughs) The students become increasingly rambunctious the last week of term, and Yule Ball rumors are everywhere. Harry doesn't believe that Dumbledore bought 800 barrels of mold mead from Madame Rosmerta. I mean, party. <laughs> That's like more than a barrel of mead per student. Like I said, party. <laughs> <laughs> However, it does seem to be fact that the famous musical group, the Weird Sisters, is booked for the event. The Weird Sisters? Oh my god! I'm a fan. What can I say? (laughs) Clearly. Whatever. I liked the Weird Sisters when they were still underground. Yeah. In caves. Such a hipster. I am. Wizard hipster. Mm -hmm. Whipster. Witchster. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) That didn't quite work. I liked Wister. Anyway. Some teachers have given in to the students playing around, while others were not so generous. Professor Binns manages to make the bloody goblin rebellions about as interesting as Percy's cauldron bottom report. McGonagall, Moody, and Snape keep them working to the last minute, with Snape even testing them on poison antidotes on their last lesson of term. Ron complains that Snape is evil, to make them study the last bit of term, and Hermione remarks that he isn't exactly overworking himself. <laughs> I mean, does he ever? Right, it's Ron. Exactly. Harry tells her it's Christmas, and she says that she thought if he weren't trying to learn his antidotes, he would at least be trying to work out the egg clue. And Harry's just like, dude, I have until February 24th. <laughs> That's forever away. It's three months. Oh my god, Hermione. But Hermione tells him that he'll look like a fool if it takes a week to figure out, and everyone else knows what the next task is, but he doesn't. Ron tells her to leave him alone. He's earned a break. I mean, they both have good points. Yeah. I have to say. Fred and George interrupt their bickering to ask Ron if they can borrow Pigwidge in, but since he's out delivering a letter, he says no. He asks them who they keep writing to, and they tell him to nose out and change the subject, asking them if they have dates to the ball yet. Ooh, way to change subject there, guys. I actually love how they kind of segued this, because Ron's like, why do you want to borrow my owl? And Fred's just like, George wants to invite him to the ball. (laughs) (laughs) And George is just like, because we want to write a letter? Duh. And then they're like, so who are you taking to the ball? Do you have dates yet? Mm-hmm. It's not completely non sequitur. No. But Ron says, nope, they don't have dates. And Fred's like, all the good ones are going to be gone if you don't hurry up. <laughs> so Ron's like, well, who are you going with? And he's like, I'm going with Angelia, yo. And 
Ron's like, did you ask her already? And Fred's like, I did not. One moment, please. <laughs> I love this scene. And he just yells across the common room. Oi, Angelina. <laughs> Want to go to the ball with me? And she says, yes. Yeah. Okay. That worked sure. out so nicely. <laughs> and then Fred and George decide to use a school owl for their letter and they leave to go get one. Probably should have done that in the first place. <laughs> The closest the movie comes to this is showing that the trio were in the Great Hall for what appears to be a study hall. Yeah, like a study hall or a test because Hermione has to hand him the notebook. It was weird. I didn't know what that was supposed to be. I didn't quite understand what was going on, but they're in the Great Hall. And Ron is whining about being the only ones without dates to the Yule Ball. Snape comes up behind him and pushes his head back towards his work because apparently you're not supposed to talk also during this. He ignores Snape and makes himself feel better by saying, well, Neville won't have a date either. And Harry laughs and says, well, Neville can take himself. Because he was dancing by himself Mm -hmm. in their dorm room. Little twinkle toes he is. Hermione leans over to tell them that Neville's already got someone. And this makes Ron really depressed. We do find out about Neville having a date a bit later in this chapter. So we'll get to that. Yeah. In the movie, one of the twins. George. 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 Ugh. One of the twins tosses a note to Ron that says, get a move on or all the good ones will have gone. Ron defensively asks who he's going with, and he crumples up a piece of paper in response, throwing it at Angelina Johnson. She turns, looking very annoyed, and he mimes asking her to the ball. Her anger immediately goes away and she smiles and agrees to go with him, prompting the twin to wink and nod at Ron, who then leans towards Hermione and points out that she's a girl. So similar setup, Mm -hmm. slightly different setting in delivery. Yeah. In the book, Ron looks at Harry and says they should probably get a move on to avoid ending up with a pair of trolls, which offends Hermione. Like it does. She asks if they would prefer to go with the best looking girl they can, even if she's absolutely horrible. And Ron says that's about right. So Ron. So Ron. (laughs) And wrong. Mm -hmm, That too. Hermione curtly says she's going to bed and heads to the girls' staircase without another word. The movie scene continues on in the study hall type situation or whatever it was. Hermione congratulates Ron on being observant, and he starts to mime dancing like his brother did when Professor Snape comes up behind them and hits them on the back of the head with a book. As well as Harry, for good measure. Yeah, Harry wasn't even doing anything at that point. He just gets smacked. Actually, Harry was trying to warn Ron (laughs) that Snape was coming. That's probably why he got smacked. So, yeah. But he still wasn't doing anything. Yeah. As Snape walks away, Ron whispers that it's one thing for a guy to go stag, but for a girl, it's just sad. Which is exactly the right thing to say to make a girl feel special, Ron. So, good job. Yeah. Hey, you're a girl. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go to this dance alone. That's pathetic. <laughs> why don't you go with me? Yeah. So much better. I feel so special. Hermione rightfully bristles at this comment and lets him know that she won't be going alone because someone has asked her. Mm. Bam. We learn this information later in the book, chapter two, though again, different delivery. So we'll talk about it in a bit. Mm -hmm. This is definitely more of a mic drop moment for Hermione. It is kind of similar to how she curtly goes to bed when the boys are talking about not wanting to go with trolls, but she's more directly offended in the movie scene. Which, like I said, will also happen later in this book chapter as well. But yeah. In the movie, she then gets up, hands her notebook to Snape, returns to the table to grab her other books, and hisses that she said yes as she turns to leave. Ron says she's lying, and Harry responds with, 
you say so. At this point, Ron decides that they just need to grit their teeth and do it. Which, that's a great mindset to have. Right. For real. (laughs) Just do it. Mm -hmm. Nike that shit. (laughs) He and Harry make a pact to both have dates by the time they get back to the common room that night. Just as Snape is seen coming up behind them and pulling up his sleeves a bit. Harry agrees to Ron's plan, just as they are both surprised by Snape pushing their heads back down to their work, causing them to grunt in surprise and annoyance. They make a pact to both have dates in the book chapter two, but we first get a little bit of narrative about the school's preparation for the Yule Ball and the Christmas holidays. Mm -hmm. The staff at Hogwarts seem determined to impress their visitors from Bobatons and Durmstrang by showing the castle at its Christmas best. And Harry notices that the decorations are the best he's ever seen, with everlasting icicles on the banisters, the usual 12 Christmas trees with real hooting golden owls, and carols sung by bewitched suits of armor when anyone passes. But Filch had to remove Peeves from where he was hiding in one of the suits, adding his own colorful verses in the gaps. (laughs) And I want dirty Peeves Christmas carols. Peeves. Peeves. Not Ed Sheeran. Oh, yeah. I miss him. I know. Ugh. Newall. Newall. Come on, how do you miss that slapstick opportunity right there? There really just was no way they could add him back into the story when he wasn't in the first three movies. I know, but I'm still sad. I think it's ultimately Columbus's fault. Columbus! For allowing him to be cut in the first place. Anywho... Harry and Ron are getting very nervous, though Harry tells Ron it will be less embarrassing for Ron than himself without a partner. Mm -hmm. Ron says they just have to do it. Nike that shit. And that when they get back to the common room that night, they would both have dates. Every time Harry sees Cho that day, though, she's with a group of four or five girls. Which we already saw referenced in the film. Plus, there was actually a deleted scene that also shows Harry trying to ask Cho but getting thwarted by another giggle of girls. Yeah. Harry is distracted during potions and forgets to add a bezoar, earning him bottom marks. Which was our trivia question. Yep. But he's too busy gathering his courage to care, and when the bell rings, he rushes off to find Cho and ask her for a word in private. He finds her faster than he expected, and her friends all giggle as they walk out of earshot together. Poor Harry, can't catch a break. You know, in this moment, he's just like, he gets her alone, and he's going to ask mm-hmm. her, and inside, he's like, cho-ching! But then <laughs> he manages a very clumsy, won't go wall with me? Yep. And she's like, sorry? What? Sorry? She Canadian now? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so he asks again, clearly, do you want to go to the ball with me? And she says she's very sorry, but she's already said she would go with someone else. So... Aww. Harry has this cho-ching prepared, and it's like, cho-ching. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Cho-ching. But he says, no problem, and then can't stop himself from asking her who she is going with <laughs> to learn that it's Cedric. Cedric Diggory. Of course it is. Diggory. Cedric Diggory. <laughs> this basically happens in the movie, too. Again, it is set up completely differently. But the end result is, in fact, the same. Yeah. Harry is walking through the snow to the owlery, where he turns a corner and nearly collides with Cho Chang, who is on her way out. 
They awkwardly dance back and forth, trying to get around one another, before Cho finally takes control and grabs him by the shoulders and steers him to the side. Which, I hate when I'm that person that can't figure out which way to go. So I'm just like, they got to go to a dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? She warns him that the stairs are icy, and Harry thanks her and starts to walk away before stealing himself a bit, turning back and calling after her. She turns back to him, and he unintelligibly asks if she wants to go to the ball with him. And she says, what? LOL. What? LOL. What? He repeats himself more clearly, and Cho looks surprised and thrown, but gently explains that she already has a date. Harry is disappointed but accepts this, nodding before he starts to walk off. But she calls after him to genuinely apologize before turning to head back down the stairs. And aside from how and where he manages to get her alone to ask her, the biggest difference is that he does not ask her who she is going with in the movie. Nope. It just cuts to a dejected Harry lying on a couch in the common room, cuddling his golden egg like the niffler he is. Because <laughs> what could make Harry feel better? Than gold. Than gold. Exactly. Surprised his firebolt wasn't there right next to him, too. Sighing, he sees a shaken Ron entering the common room, being led by Ginny and several other girls. This is, again, somewhat similar to the book. Somewhat. Where Harry forgets about dinner and heads to the Gryffindor Tower, his insides feeling like lead. Mm -hmm. He was starting to like Cedric, but now decides that he's just a useless pretty boy without the brains to fill an egg cup. Except when he enters the common room... He finds an ashen-faced Ron already there in the corner, though Ginny is there comforting him. Mm -hmm. Harry asks what's going on, and Ginny tells him that Ron asked Fleur Delacour to the ball. Similar in the movie. Ginny is reassuring him that it doesn't matter, but that doesn't really seem to be helping. As they get him into a chair, Harry asks what happened, and Ginny explains that he just asked out Fleur Delacour. Harry and Hermione rush up to Ron, asking what she said, and Hermione said that she said no, of course. A dazed Ron shakes his head, making Hermione think that Fleur actually did say yes. But Ron tells her not to be silly, and says that she was walking by, and they know how much he digs that. You know how I like it when they walk. I hate that line. That line's so terrible. Such a bad line. I'm sure they thought that was going to be funny, but it wasn't. It was just awkward. It was just gross. It just made him pathetic. Mm-hmm. Very much. But he loves it when they do it, and he couldn't help it. It just sort of slipped out. In the book, we get more details, and Hermione also isn't present at this moment. Mm-hmm. Ron says that she was talking to Diggory, and that there were people everywhere, and that she looked at him like he was a sea slug and said nothing. <laughs> After a second, he came to his senses and ran off. Probably the right call. Right. <laughs> Harry comforts Ron, saying that her grandmother was a Vila, and she was probably turning on the charm for Cedric, which was a waste of time since he's going with Cho Chang. Mm. Ron looks up at him and he says, he just asked her now and that's how he found out. The movie simplified this. Ginny just explains that he sort of screamed at her, telling them it was actually a bit scary. Harry asks what he did then, and Ron tells him that he ran for it, like any self-respecting giant hormone would. Yeah. <laughs> As he continues to talk about what happened, Parvati and Padma enter the common room together and again say hi to Harry as they walk past him. A light bulb flicks on over Harry's head, and he follows, calling after them. And this is where the movie scene ends. The book has just a bit more. It's similar to how the movie did it, 
And this is where we learn about Neville and Hermione's dates in the book chapter. Ron complains that they're the only ones, besides Neville, who haven't got dates. He tells Harry that Neville asked Hermione, but she said she was already going with someone. And he thinks that it's just because she didn't want to go with Neville, because who would? That's so rude. I know. I'd go with Neville. Right? Ginny is annoyed and tells them to stop laughing when Hermione comes through the portrait hole asking why they weren't at dinner. To get the boys to stop laughing, Mm. Ginny just says, it's because they were both turned down by the girls they asked to go to the ball. (laughs) Suck it. Hermione looks at Ron and asks if all the good looking ones are taken (laughs) and says she's sure there's someone who will have him. Eloise Midgen's starting to look quite pretty, isn't she? (laughs) Ron doesn't deserve Eloise Midgen, just for the record. Ron does, however, start staring at Hermione in a new light and says that She's a girl. <laughs> she can go with one of them. Can she? Can she really, Ron? Well, she can't because she's already going with someone. Mm-hmm. And Ron's like, no, you're not. You only said that to get rid of Neville. And she's just like, bitch, please. <laughs> just because it's taken you three years to notice that I'm a girl doesn't mean that other people haven't. Mm-hmm. And Ron's like, all right, all right. We know you're a girl. Is that good enough? Will you come with one of us now? Hell no. Really pouring on that charm there. No wonder Fleur laughed. She said she's already told them that she's going with someone else and storms off to the girls' dormitory. Ron says she's lying and Jenny's just like, nah, bro. (laughs) She got date. Mm -hmm. Ron wants to know who it's with and she's like, that's her business. I'm not telling you. Because Jenny has tact. You know, Jenny can keep a secret. Yep. Ron says this is getting stupid and tells Jenny that she can go with Harry. Which makes Jenny turn bright red because, you know, she would love to go to the ball with Harry Potter. However, mm-hmm. she says she can't because she already said she'd go with Neville, who asked her after Hermione said no. She's not a fourth year, so she wouldn't have been able to go otherwise. But this makes her look very miserable, and she just heads off to dinner all dejectedly. Well, yeah. Because first off, she wasn't even asked by Harry. Yeah. Ron was just like, well, Harry can take you. So that's embarrassing right there, Yeah, obviously. And then she can't even go with him. Like, not even as a pity date. (laughs) I do respect the fact that she did not ditch Neville for the chance to go to a dance with Harry Potter. I love that. That speaks a whole hell of a lot about her character that we haven't gotten to see. Yeah. Hardly at all. Ron is confused, wanting to know what's gotten into these girls. And Harry notices Parvati and Lavender come through the portrait hole. What's gotten into these girls? Not you, Ron. Not you at all. (laughs) Anyway, he goes up to them and asks Parvati if she'll go to the ball with him. And I have zero doubts in my mind as to why he asked Parvati and not Lavender. Because Lavender was the giggly one and Parvati always tried to keep it together. Mm-hmm. Harry had a plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But of course, Parvati immediately giggles and says yes. <laughs> and then he asks if Lavender will go with Ron. But she's already going with Seamus. Which makes them giggle even harder because girls. Mm-hmm. Sure. So Harry quietly asks if they know someone who will go with Ron. It's kind of sad for Ron, but... I mean, he's a dick this whole time, so I don't really feel that bad for him. (laughs) Yeah. 
Parvati suggests Hermione, but Harry says she's already going with someone else, and she's astonished and asks who, but Harry's just like, no idea, don't really care. (laughs) Moving on. Date for Ron. Yeah. And Parvati says she'll ask her sister Padma, who's in Ravenclaw, and not Gryffindor like the movies wanted to portray. I was going to say, but they've been together this whole time. Right? What? Harry says it would be great and asks her to let him know. He goes back over to Ron, deciding that this ball is more trouble than it's worth. I mean, he's not wrong. Most school dances are more trouble than they're worth. But that'll bring us right to our Potter pondering, which is, what do you think would have happened if Harry had actually asked Cho to the ball first? Find the post on our Facebook page and share your thoughts. We really look forward to reading them. This will bring us to our Sorting Hat story, which is from Christopher McCarthy. He writes, I was born in 1987. In sixth grade, my friend Brian told me about this story of this wizard and how he does magic and his cousin in the sort. His name was so funny to me. I couldn't help it. I was so immature. Harry Potter. So I watched the movie, loved it, and the melody and the castle. I read the first book after that. I told my mom, well, I kept walking in the room and asking what some words meant, like, what is snickering? What's a corridor? And she was like, what is this book? I got her hooked, like poison. She loved it more than me. We all love it. She would reread the books to my younger sister over and over. Just, it was their thing. I wasn't jealous or anything, nor envious, nor did I want that with my mom too. Okay, I was jealous, but not negatively. But I got my family hooked. Brian got me hooked. In high school, this girl was all about Tom Felton, Draco Malfoy. She had a crush on him and knew everything about him. My birthday, September 22nd, 1987, was the same damn day as his. And that reinforced my Slytherinhood. All uphill from there, mate. Thank you so much for sharing your Sorting Hat story with us, Christopher. Yes, thank you. Always good to have another Slytherin keeper. And if any of you other keepers out there listening would like us to read your Sorting Hat story on a future episode, you can email it to us at justkeeprolling at gmail.com. Let us know your house, wand, Patronus, how you got into Harry Potter, and anything else you might want to share with us. Or you can message it to us over social media. But now, for the trivia question, what curse did Victor Crumb use on the dragon? The first one who responds with a correct answer in the code word, hashtag not as good as Harry's, will get a sticker. Another way to get a sticker is to rate and review us through iTunes or Facebook. Make sure to email us at justkeeprolling at gmail.com to let us know you did, and we'll get back to you to figure out which sticker you want and where to send it. Don't forget to find us and follow us on Facebook at JKR Podcast and Twitter and Instagram at Just Keep Rolling. Following us on Podbean at justkeeprolling.podbean.com will get you the episode as early as possible and give you a leg up in answering the trivia question. Make sure to check out our website at justkeeprolling.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you would like to help us continue creating more content, you can support us as a patron and get extra perks on patreon.com slash justkeeprolling. As always, any support you can give is greatly appreciated. And join us next week when we talk about Chapter 23, the Yule Ball, and the corresponding film scenes. Thanks for listening. We hope you hear us again. I'm Katie. I'm Ellen. Until the next time, just just keep keep rolling. rolling.